The future is now. Finding the NOSO has never been easier. Subscribe to us on our new YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, and bookmark the new home for No Holds Barred, The Jenny Position, Wrestling War Zone, and all your favorite NOSO podcasts at NorthSouthConnection.com. It's New Year, New NOSO. NorthSouthConnection.com. The World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. What's our name? Well, man, two men on the Are you ready? Men are gay. Well, man, here we go. Men on the ice, 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 men on Brennan Shaw on Survivor Series 92, Brennan Shaw on Survivor Series 97, look beyond the pay-per-views, examine the weekly TV, see what worked, what could have worked, and what failed. JP, how is it going? I'm pretty good, man. Bears got the number one pick in the draft, so a uh, shit season actually has a good ending to it. You know, at least we have something to show for it, I guess. Yes, uh, and let's go Lions uh, to give you a timing of when we're Recording this, but oh, 100%. Uh, <laughs> I think the world is cheering for the Lions to knock off the Green Bay Packers yes. uh, to eliminate them from the playoffs. So dreams can happen. Uh, hopefully exactly. tonight it's one of those dreams. Uh, so happy New Year to everyone, and uh, we're ready to get going. Uh, so we're in, in the December December time frame now. Get about a month and a half away from the Royal Rumble, so we're going to really start building it up with uh, some superstars and Raw here. So we're going to start with the superstars um, from twelve. Uh, from 12-4, this was taped way back on 11-21, which is before the Survivor Series. But we start getting some build for um, the Royal Rumble even there. We still, we still got Stan Lane here. So obviously they're trying to figure out what to do with the commentary. He, he, what, what, what's your thoughts on Stan Lane? I thought he's been okay, but Vince, uh, is, is, hard to, Vince is a hard guy to, to commentate with, I feel like. So I don't think that's really helping things out. Yeah, I think it's way better when it's the the heel that's gonna do most of the like leading, like like Lawler or or Heenan, like somebody that's gonna like guide the ship with their like uh, intelligence or whatever, like you know, yeah. like, like like funny little quips here and there. And Stan Lane is just like, you know, looks like he has dentures in, looks like he has a, a wig on, like just <laughs> too too perfect almost, like right, like there's just nothing. You know, there's no edge to him at all, kind of thing. Like he's not bad per se, but he's just not a good fit with Vince, I guess. Yeah, and I think Vince is a hard guy to kind of get on on board with too, as well. So right, right. Um, so we start this one off with uh, a Ludwig Borga, uh, really kind of boring match. I thought. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they're kind of done with him. Uh, it feels like like it was kind of leading up to Survivor Series was the big Luger thing, and they just decided to kind of drop that angle. Um, so nothing win, but. The kind of guy that I've really liked. I was listening to one of our old podcasts a little bit ago, and we were just both kind of talking to Borga, and it seems like already here he's kind of done and out. So kind of nothing there. I don't know if you have anything to add. Yeah. yeah so one, one thing I thought about um, like while watching this is Borga reminds me of like those 80s like monster heels they would bring in for like the the garden yep. runs. You know, like, like, yep. like you'd have a match with Hogan and then he'd, he'd like – or Bruno or whoever – do like the win loss tie whatever kind of thing yep. and then they're, then they're gone. Um, he's kind of like that. He was there a little bit longer, obviously, but it just seems like now that they've kind of run their course on this like USA feud that 
they're just kind of done with him too as well. Like he's a, um, I guess he's catching a stray from that. I guess you could say is like he's just they really just don't have anything for him, and they're not going to move forward either. I guess. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. It's really kind of disappointing because I think we both liked him, uh, mm-hmm. but you're exactly right. He's definitely like the monster heel. Um, so we get to a quick update. Gorilla Monsoon kind of doing these updates, like we kind of mentioned a while. That there have been a lot of changes. Like Stan Lane's here. Gorilla's doing this. Jim Ross is filling in places. So they're really out of of starts. They have a Bret Hart interview. Um, and, and uh, Bret Hart. I really like the Bret Hart interview as well on this part, where mm-hmm. he kind of keeps saying, "Oh, you got this bad temper. You shouldn't be ashamed of the fact that you lost." Like kind of digging nonchalantly into Owen. Uh, so I think they're really kind of setting up like, hey, we don't really hate each other yet, but we both have problems with each other. So I thought this was right. really well done from both guys. Like they haven't done it to the full heel from Owen and haven't really done it like Brett isn't really like having sympathy for him. So I, I really like this updates and really building up to one of the best angles in a while. Well, and the perfect thing about it is like Owen's not wrong in anything he's saying. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Like right. it, it's so easy to side with him, um, but but you also love Brett. Like Brett's still not like, you know, turning. He's just kind of like, all right, come on now. Like you, you know, this happened, but let's move on from it. You know, do you have a problem? Like there's kind of like talking it out like brothers would. Um, yeah. But it's there, there's no like that's why why I think the angle starts off so unique is like there's not like this blood feud brewing yet or anything like that, and it's not like telegraphed yet. So pretty good yep. start so far of what we're gonna see to come. Um, then after that, we do get your, uh, 1982 offer match of the week, uh, Bob Backlund versus Iron Mike Sharp. Um, yeah, this is really much nothing here. I don't know why. Like, I know Backlund's still there, but he's obviously going to be there. You know, he's going to be important at the end of this year. Um, but it's just weird to see him versus like Iron Mike Sharp of all people. Like they really don't do much. It's kind of like a really slow plotting match. Um, New generation era is finest right here, so terrible. Yeah, not, nothing there. Um, yeah, I, I timed that perfectly just so we had that match. Don't worry. No, <laughs> <Right. laughs> I would. I, I would say like I, I, I'm gonna because uh, my exact quote is a really cool pinning maneuver uh, yes. from Bob Backlund, like kind of unique. Uh, and the crowd actually popped for it. Like it was like he kind of rolled them over three or four times and got the pin. The right. crowd popped for him, and then he gave like the double uh, OP thumbs up. It was oh. so pathetic. Like this guy was seven year champion. He looks like such a bum. But the the actual wrestling maneuver was really cool, and the crowd definitely popped for it. That was about it. But then he looks like a goof afterwards with his double thumbs up. Yeah, it, it's really weird, and it's also like. Um this uh what's weird is like my not they're not, they're not my real cousins but we grew up them like growing up and i was talking to one over the weekend and i was like hey um there was this wrestler that would always come around when we were kids to his dad which you know i used to call my uncle rex but i was like they always called him uncle ugly he was a wrestler everybody said he was a wrestler <laughs> and i'm like do you guys remember who that was it was fucking iron mike sharp like oh, iron, man. iron yeah. mike sharp was like friends with like my dad and you know we called Uncle Rex not like friends friends like they would yeah. come around every now and then but they called him Uncle Ugly and I'm like what like I was asking him are you sure and I like sent him a picture he's like oh that's definitely him and I'm like what I am like sharp was like around me as a kid so it's, it it was weird that I was watching this match I was had that conversation so um had to add that little tidbit in there so 
don't know what that really says about me or my parents or anything, but uh, <laughs> it means you're yeah. destined for wrestling. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, yeah. Um, after that uh, shit show, we get the head shrinkers versus a couple jobbers, and as usual, just quick destruction by them. Um, quick squash match. Nothing, you know, nothing that's gonna bleed into anything, but uh, it's a good little like cleansing of the palate after watching Backlund and Iron Mike Sharp tear the ring up for three or four minutes. So, um, cool stuff by them. And then, then from there, we get words from Razor and Diesel. Um, which is cool because, like, you know, you're seeing, like, we got Brett and Owen spotlighted earlier. Now we're getting Razor and Diesel spotlighted. So you're just kind of seeing the younger, the youth movement kind of coming into play here um, as what we kind of, like, know as the new generation is really coming to form. So pretty good stuff here. Yep. And we got uh, two quick squash matches then. Kind of good timing of that because they, they're going to bring in, as we'll talk a little bit, one, two, three kid has a quick squash and Diesel. And it's kind of mm-hmm. interesting that they're, you know, they're kind of did Razor and Diesel, and then they kind of bring both of them out for quick squashes. So really good there, but nothing kind of right home about on those. Uh, and then we got Men on the Mission. Uh, again, I, I've, they're so over uh, Men on a Mission. They, the crowd pops from huge. Um, I wish we could see more of them being in a feud. Like, they haven't really feuded with anyone. Uh, I think it's time to kind of move them in, uh, especially if the Steiners are kind of moving out. I'm not, I don't know when the Sanders kind of move out, but um, definitely feel like men on the mission are over enough that we can start getting them, you know, some type of feud. You know, they were right. thrown into they were thrown into that Bastion Booger uh, debacle, so like maybe they should fight head shrinkers or something. We just saw them like I don't know, set something up with them. We're kind of sick of these squashes, but the crowd still loves them. Yeah, and uh, I think with the Sanders, I think they only have like a couple more weeks left because I know yep. they have like that. The Hart Brothers tag that's on like WrestleFest or whatever, and I think that's like one of their last matches. So yeah, they, um, they, it was something with like New Japan. I haven't read the right. Observer that far ahead, but I think they like, gave them like two months advance. Hey, like we're gonna go do New Japan in I don't know March or whatever, mm-hmm. and then we're done, right? And like Vince is like, no, nope, become a wrestle for one company, and so I think they might have already been kind of on their way out, or it's gotta be soon. Because right. you could just see they get D, you know, they're not really part of the Rumble much, and they're not at the Mania plans at all, so it's definitely mm-hmm. coming soon. Yeah, they're not really any feuds or anything like yep. that, so. Um, so we also get a Double J vignette. Um, we're talking about, like, using the WWF to get into the music industry. Um, pretty good stuff as usual. No Ronnie P. Gossett this time, so I don't know if he's, like, already out of the fold or if this is just, like, uh, like uh, the order they taped them or something. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see coming up. I, I kind of remember him being there a couple more times, but maybe Yeah, not. I thought he was a more. Yeah, I, I wonder if the, once he, because at the end of this, superstars are going to mention that, the uh, or the second superstar, sorry, they're going to mention that Double J is going to debut next time. So, like, I wonder um, if there's going to be, once he debuts, if these vignettes include can keep going. I thought they did, but... I don't know, really, so... Yeah, um, they might. They might, so maybe he's on those. Right. And then, uh, you didn't mention the Diesel Squash yet, right? I, I did. I kind of threw it oh, in okay. one, two, three okay. kids together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they were kind of together. I mean, it was kind of nothingness, but, um, you know, the one, two, three kid, of course, had, like, the the, the young fan, but that, then I like that. I like that idea of that young fan, but both of them were kind of quick. Like, they had to be each other two minutes. Yeah, yeah. Were, it, it's just, like you said, like, 
coming out of the interview thing, just to kind of highlight those two guys, they're doing a really good job of that. Like just intertwining that into the story. Like if you see an interview from a guy or like who he's shooting with, their match is probably going to be up next or something leading up to that. So um just wanted to throw that in there, but yeah, you're right. We did cover that. Um, then we get a uh, Rio's roundup with Sean Michaels. Like, I thought he was gone. I was like, what the hell is he still doing here? Like, this just is not his. Like, they could just get him as Bruce Pritchard to do this interview. They don't need this Rio's Rio crap. Um, but this was some pretty good stuff from uh, from Michaels here. Like, Michaels comments on Razor wearing, like, the, a fake IC belt. So it kind of seemed that he's, like, a, a fake champ. Um, which draws Razor out. Like, Razor talks about the hard way to win an IC title, which is kind of weird because he didn't beat Sean to get it. So, like, I know that the whole Battle Royal thing was hard to get there, but, uh, he did, Sean has, like, Sean's another heel, kind of like Owen, that has a good case. You know, he wasn't gone for that long either. So it's not like he's been gone for a year and still claiming yep. his titles, you know? Um, then Razor throws, like, his toothpick at Sean Rio, which is kind of cool. So, just a just a, another burgeoning feud of what we know this era to be, so I'm really excited for that. Um, then just to end it, we have uh, Marty with a with a against a jobber for a quick squash, and even Vince says something about something about it being short. Like he says, "Oh, that was a lot quicker than usual," or something like that. And I wonder if like they cut it short, like in the ring, thinking that they didn't have enough time or something, but. Um, even for a, a squash, it was really quick. So this kind of took me off guard and weird to see Vince mention it as well. So that, uh, yeah. closed out that episode. Yeah. The only thing I kind of had on that was, uh, God, I, real Ray Rogers or whatever we keep messing up his name is terrible. I, I kind of put in my notes, like Bruce Pritchard's might be one of my least favorite people. Like, I don't think he's ever good. Like, uh, brother love, I think is not great. This mm-hmm. is terrible. I don't, I'm like, Dusty really doesn't talk like this either. Like, right. he's got, he does have an impersonation of him. I'm not saying that he can't do a good impersonation of him, but he, the way he talks the whole time is not how Dusty really talks the whole time. Like, he gets exactly. his, like, ma- mannerisms right, but it's just really annoying. Uh, and I like the big build up between Razor and Sean. I thought it was really good. And then we did have a face to face with, uh, Jim Cornette with the most racist, uh, Tatanka promo of all time, oh, talking yeah, about how right. Indians drinking and how they make jewelry. I mean, just out of control <laughs> in today's eyes. And I, I get it. Uh, wrestling right. has that stereotypes, but I was just like, oh my god, the, Cornette's going all in. Uh, but uh, really good by Jim Ross mentioning that the Undertaker has his set, sights set on Yoko and Bear wants the Paul Bear wants the title that they've been looking for it. So uh, really good stuff there. Uh, I thought setting up, uh, you know, what's going to come in the next couple weeks. Yeah, Cornette is, um, he's like that a lot. Like, he's like that a lot in Smokey, too. Like, he kind of, um, I don't know why he leans to that crutch because he doesn't need it. Like, he's he's very good on the mic. Like, he talks a right. mile a minute and he's very articulate. And um, I don't know. It, it's kind of like that cheap heat stuff that. Right. Like, I like cheap heat things on certain things. Like, I always don't think it's the worst. Like, I like it for, like, over-the-top heels when they're, like, being bombastic or whatever. But he, he just doesn't need it. And it yeah, it was kind of weird to hear that from him. Yeah. So we move on to Raw, then. Um, taped uh, 11.29. And, and these are kind of interesting 
the way they did these Raws, but <clears throat> going from history to WWE, I, I didn't understand it either. But so we got 11, 29, uh, taped Raw. So taped last, the same as last week. Um, and in this one, they really play up, uh, the Bobby and Gorilla monsoon feud, like really playing up that this is a, they've really gone at each other. They're sick of each other. And they mentioned that, you know, it's Vince and Bobby in the, the, uh, commentary booth, but they mentioned that, uh, Gorilla could be in the building or near. So really setting that up. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so we have a, gr- a really cool match between one, two, three kid and Shawn Michaels, uh, really hard start. Um, <clears throat> sorry, really hard start. Vince with one of his, I've never seen that move maneuver before, really describing the action as always. Uh, <laughs> they really make fun of kids' weight and how we can't take punishment and that like after a while just he's gonna get beat down. So I thought that was good too of like, hey, kids got all these awesome moves, but once you kind of get at him, he just can't take punishment. So I thought really good, um, good, uh, there. Uh, right, Sean takes the, and I expect this like the, the building from that, Sean takes advantage and gets the, um, Ray, starts doing the razor's edge on on one two three kid, does it twice, and then on the third one, um, Vince <coughs> or sorry Razor comes out and chases Sean to the entranceway, and as he Sean trips right at the right at the entranceway, and as Razor's going to pick him up, Diesel kind of goes through and punches him, and then Sean does the razor's edge twice onto uh, Razor on the concrete floor. So really setting up the Sean and Sean and Razor. You kind of got this Diesel being with Sean still. Kind of have one, two, three kid is still buddies with with Razor. So really good thing. Uh, I thought really fun. Vince during the match also when he was doing the Razor's Edge, so the Sean should be disqualified. I'm like, I don't think that's a rule that you can't do a maneuver two or three times. But right. Obviously Vince right. decided that this time was that, but really good feud. Uh, again, my note that. All of a sudden, it's going to be weird that IRS is going to jump the line to face of the Rumble. Uh, I think the Sean Razor makes more sense of Mania, but um, also my notes, it's, the last thing I have is that the road agents are just, like, so pathetic, like Patterson and Briscoe, trying to, like, stop faces, or sorry, stop heels whenever they're, like, beating up the guy. So, like, you know, Sean is really taking it to Razor, and, like, their effort to, like, stop him is so yeah. terrible. It's like negative. It's like, oh, tapped him on the shoulder. Like, I can't believe he's not listening to me. So I just thought it here was like blatantly obvious of like how bad they were at stopping this, um, the, this onslaught from Sean. Well, like this, it, this is one of those like snapshot moments too. Like I, for some reason, while I was watching this, I thought we had already seen this before. Like I thought Sean had already razor's edge razor on the, on the entrance. Okay. Board. But it might be like part of that, like, Raw set from the first three years, or I might have just it is. Seen it a couple. Oh, it is. Yeah, okay. it is. Yeah, yeah. So I've definitely seen it. Um, yeah, multiple times. It's just in my head. So another good, you know, uh, storyline building segment here with Sean doing. It's kind of like you know, you take my belt, I'm gonna take your move, kind of thing. You know, like that, yep. like that's the psychology I saw behind it, and I love the the Diesel coming by, out of the curtain with the punch, like. Um, just like kind of coming out of nowhere, blindsiding them like that. So um, I think it builds Sean and Diesel as a much more formidable team than than Kid and Razor. Like it just shows them they're kind of like the bullies. And yep. um, yeah, the IRS stuff, like you said, is kind of wonky because he just doesn't fit in this mix at all either. Like it would be cooler to see, I don't know, Diesel challenge for the belt or something, right? Then yep. then build to Sean, but. Um, 
as as we've seen, you know, in this year plus, different feuds are always dissect are, are crossing each other. So I guess we'll just have to deal with IRS for now. Um, and then from there we get the Quebecers versus a couple jobbers. Um, Polo Johnny Polo is awesome outside, like sitting in a lawn chair while this match is going on. You get your typical uh, pretty good squash by the Quebecers. You know they're Double team moves. Um, after the match, they sit one of the jobbers in the chair and then like clothesline them out of it, um, which is pretty cool. So kind of building them up is one of the staple teams right now in the company. Um, like we said, the Steiners are kind of on their way out. They're kind of more into the spotlight right now. So good to see something out of them. Um, yeah, I, w- I would think somewhere I, w- I would have preferred we get a Steiners Quebecers rematch. Like right. has there been one? Like, I don't think so. I can't, I can't remember. Like, I know, like, they, Pierre was injured for Survivor Series, and, like, they were still right. feuding there, but it's kind of like they kind of dropped it out. I, I feel like we need, we probably needed that somewhere along here. Maybe it'll come around in the co- next couple weeks, but I well, feel I like we're like missing it. November was, like, if you look at everything, like, we've kind of, you know, cut it into pieces, but if you look at November as a whole, it's one of the most, like, dysfunctional years, and, like, yeah, of the the whole time or months, sorry, that we watched like, the, like all the things that are all the moving parts. Sean coming back, Lawler leaving, um, Diesel coming into into form. Like these tag teams kind of shifting. Brenton Owens starting their thing. Like there's just so much going on and like guys leaving and needing to be replaced. Like you know Macho Man coming in and wrestling, even though he's supposed to be out or whatever. Like there's just a lot going on. Um, and I think like the, the steroid stuff's gotta be coming up soon or is in the works at least. Yeah. Um, behind the scenes at least. So there, there, there's some shuffling going on. I know Jerry Jarrett, I think, is already working behind the scenes, helping a little bit because I know, um, a certain tag team that wins in a, in a few weeks is like his idea. So. Okay. Um, yeah. And I think also that's like, uh, why we're seeing a lot more of Ross. Yeah, uh, the Ross guy and just a lot of this stuff is yeah. I think you know we we kind of got the steroids. Like I think I don't know if it's yet, but soon Vince sells everything to Linda, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like so much going on. Right. Um, yeah. It, it's just it, it's good and bad because like it, it creates a um, shift that that's necessary, but you have to get there first. You know, like, yeah. you have to get through the the tough parts to to create that shift. So. You know we're gonna we're gonna eat our vegetables, but we're eventually gonna get to that main course. You know. Yeah. And then um, after that match, they talked to Owen about Brett winning Wrestler of the Year, which is awesome. Like them just kind of <laughs> like sticking it to him. Like. Yep. You know, like hey, you know, you you're the one guy that lost the Survivor Series match, but what about your brother winning Wrestler of the Year? So, um, great stuff by Owen. I think like owen is he's not the best on the mic but he's so natural in these kind of situations that um i don't know it just makes the feud so much better like i don't i don't i don't think wwf has had like a family member storyline have they like a up until this point like as far as like the main shows are concerned like like this type of storyline yeah like between two brothers or oh definitely no yeah but right. even this type of good of storyline, like right. the Hogan stuff was sometimes like hokey, like the Paul Orndorff stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they were, I'm not, not saying they weren't good, but like this is an in-depth like family. I mean, I guess Macho and Liz and uh, Hogan would be yeah, this type, yeah. of, this type of thing. Right. Yeah, 
I think that's it's it's kind of bordering on that, right? Where it's like mm-hmm. there's deeper seated issues. You don't know which side you want to take, right? Mm-hmm. And like everyone seems at fault, and it's you know there there's multi dimensions for it. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's well, that's, it being real too, while. like yeah. it, it it being real family just adds that element to it. I think you know, like you you can look at the mega powers and like all oh, these are two huge guys. It's like mythical kind of. Um, storytelling and it's great. Don't get me wrong. I love I love that storyline, but I just feel like this is like added bonus with that you know family element to it. Um, and then I'll just take I'll just take the next one too. We get Doink versus a a jobber. Um, this is shitty Doink. Ugh. He has Dink at ringside, so it's just terrible. Like there's no heat at all for this match either. Like Doink, like just that being a clown, you would think would get some kind of heat, like just being a clown in general, but, um, they do not care at all. He's kind of trying to wrestle like he'll do like Matt Bourne a little bit, but he can't really move the same way. way. Yeah. And he wins with the whoopee cushion. Is this, I just felt like this was way too long. Like this squash just kept going and going. And it's like they kept painting to dink at ringside. And it's like he just does nothing. I don't know. It's, uh, I'm just really over this already, and I know we've got a long way to go with him, so I guess uh, we better learn to love it. You're incorrect. There was heat. One person liked this. Vince McMahon loved this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and by right. note, this was a really long match. Like, I want to look at the time now, because this thing, 4 yes. ten. like, I can't even think of the last squash that hasn't been like over two minutes this is four right. times just went on no i'm sorry i'm even looking at the wrong match this was 558 this was terrible 558 the longest squash match we've seen in forever uh it, it was bad and uh dink also was on the apron most of the match so i kept doing like over the shoulder of dink like kind of making fun of him for being short again right but it was it was rough like i didn't understand this all it, what and doink wasn't doing like um Okay, we don't, we didn't really love the uh, Survivor Series match, but it wasn't like he was doing like tricks or blowing balloons or anything. He was just like straight up wrestling a six minute match that no one wanted. So exactly. it, it was rough. It was rough. Um, the double J promo after that to kind of liven things up. I, I really like this. Uh, I think it's the it's superstars or, uh, <clears throat> the next Raw, but they do a, a montage of all the, the vignettes kind of together. Man, it's really good. It, it's, you know, he keeps saying that it should be called Double J City, not Music City. Like, it's, he's just really confident and cocky with this role. So I, I really like his, his, uh, appearance here, uh, in all these. They mentioned that, uh, Macho Man and Fat 2 are going to be <clears throat> fighting next week, which is the most random match we got. Uh, but we got, <clears throat> um, Crush versus, in my notes, Uber Jobber, Tony Roy, um, Bobby talks about how Fuji's celebrating Pearl Harbor Day. Again, I'm not sure if that's really funny uh, or mm-hmm. not. Like, I don't know if right. Japan celebrates, like, if they, like, you know, I, I just don't think they do. Like, so it, it's just really bizarre. Uh, they get Macho Man calling in during the match. He's in the UK. And, and again, this is a, a not a live telecast. And the phone call has to be one of the worst phone calls of all time. Like, you've taped this. Why fix the connection or whatever it is? Exactly. I don't know why. I don't know why my macho's in the UK. They really don't make that clear either. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just really adds, like, to the kind of shady presentation we sometimes get, uh, which seems to be happening more and more, right? Like, just these kind of, like, things that don't make sense or, like, not retape things. Um, this is just one of them. So, 
Uh, and they also mentioned during that that it's going to be Gorilla Monsoon is, or they kind of mentioned that Gorilla Monsoon is in, you know, in town as well. So, um, all right, Crush, we've liked a lot. I thought this was good. Uh, and then really setting up the macho, you know, is ready for Crush, but he can't, he's not in the same town as him or even same country. So Crush does have to look over his shoulder. Right. Uh, and then we, they announced next week, uh, we got Takers showing up, which he hasn't been for a while, Adam Bomb and Smoking Guns. And then, uh, you know, really a tough, a tough moment. Oh, here, here goes Detroit. Wait, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Time out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Damn it. All right. Uh, we got one of the saddest moments of wrestling history. Bobby the Brain Heenan kind of, uh, make his exit. So Gorilla Monsoon comes out. Uh, basically grabs Bobby by the by the, the the throat. They kind of knock over everything on the commentator's desk, which is which is great. Uh, and basically, Monsoon just takes him, grabs his WWE bag, and throws him out the door. Uh, great acting by by Bobby as he tries to pick everything up. You know, he's really he, he's overacting, but it's great. He steps in the bag and kind of tosses in the air, and everything goes up in the air. Um, you know, toilet paper, spoons, dirty laundry. Um, and then he kind of gives a final, he kind of goes by the WWE truck and gives a final salute. So I thought a really good, uh, moment there. Uh, you know, fun that they got to do it, kind of do this them, themselves. And then Bobby's just over the top acting. Uh, it's just great. He like made sure that everyone saw the toilet paper and, and the spoons and the plates. It was a really good job of him making sure this came off clean. But a sad, sad, sad moment. Well, it's like you know, it was funny. Like Gorilla comes out there and like grabs him by the neck, and I was waiting. I was waiting for him to react like he did when Pillman did it, and be like, "Yes, what the fuck? What the fuck are you doing?" Like I was hoping. <laughs> uh, I know it doesn't happen, but I was like secretly hoping for that Bob to come out. Um, Bobby is just a trooper for this. Like to go out like this and to do the whole broadcast without like selling it that you're leaving. Like he, you would have yeah. never thought by his actions. Like like he was a professional the whole time and. Like, he even has the tears in his eyes at the end. Like, you can tell he did not want to go. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't even think about that. That's a great, great point. And and this is – he would have done both episodes because this is taped on the same one. So, like, right. he's there. You know, he's knowing, like, hey, these are my last two episodes. And you didn't couldn't tell a thing. Right. You can't tell. Like, it, it's just – like, I was looking for it. Like, I was purposely looking for it because I knew this was the episode. And he was just so into the product still and gave it everything. Like, it's, it was – He's just awesome, man. Like, he's he's someone, like, Mean Gene's awesome. I love Mean Gene, but he's not missed as much. Like, JR does yeah. that role well. Gorilla does it. Um, a few other guys, you know, we've seen go. They're not, like, as impactful of a loss. Like, even, like, Hogan, he, he wasn't around as much. So, it's not, like, he was kind of already fading out. Um, yep. Bobby, though, Bobby was, like, a, a linchpin. Like, he's just the, the voice of the other side. Like, you know, in... in with Lawler out right now too, it's just there's definitely going to be a void coming up. So it sucks to see him go. Yeah, and then um, oh god, I, you said something that caught my eyes. But you, you know what's interesting? Like on the War Zone, you, like Bobby, it's like when they go through him on the War Zone, it sounds like he's still got some years left. Like I know everyone kind of shits on Bobby in WCW. He kind of got lost in the NWO, but you know mm-hmm. the way the War kind of covered it. They've had some good things to say about him. So, oh, uh, he's good. He's yeah, good up right. until like ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah, I think the NWO confused everyone, right? Like what to do with him, right. you know? 
I think that made it hard for everyone, right? As far as like, yeah. are they heels? Are you supposed to like them? Is, is Bobby supposed to be cheering for him? I think that's when he started like losing because he just didn't have that proper fit, like you know position for it. So exactly. Um, yeah, he, but he, he can't he can't be his heel self and right. cheer on the NWO because he's also scared of them. So right, yeah, exactly. I, I think it made it tough. So, but uh, you know, it's one of those things where man, he could have been around, and especially without King, they're really going to struggle. You know, without that kind of like thing that kind of sometimes on some of these bad batches, like, bring mm-hmm. goodness to it, right? Like, bring some fun to it, so. Uh, disappointing. Alright, should we move on to Superstars then? Yes, sir. Alright, so we got the... This is 12-11, so still that same 10... Uh, sorry. December 11th, this is still the same November 10th taping. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of it, weird. Like some of these, like we kind of get like some of the same things, same people on some of these Raws and superstars. You know, definitely shows you the rosters a little thin right now. So we get the Quebecers out. Um, the Jobbers actually push them off and and take their titles and kind of jump up and down. I thought it really funny, really good. Uh, yeah. But then it was just a massive beatdown to start this um, by the Quebecers. Really aggressive, kind of like a Steiner or sorry Steiner's or Head Shrinkers type win. So fun mm-hmm. little start to uh, start that one. Yeah, I thought what you just said like, was definitely in my mind as well. With um, like, they, it's almost like they take a limited amount of the roster and they say, "Okay, you guys are doing four or five matches this this run." Um, like you know, you'll see the Quebecers yeah. on Raw and, and Superstars for like a couple weeks, and then you won't see them for a little bit. Or like, you haven't seen the Heavenly Bodies as much right now. Right. Like they cycle people in and out, and I guess that's that's kind of good because it keeps people fresh in a way too. Um, you know, you're not seeing the same exact, like, even with like Brett and stuff like that, you don't, you, in the summer of 93, you weren't seeing Brett for a few weeks at a time and then he'd pop up. So, um, I guess it's a good thing, but it's just weird how it's figured out, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, and this was a cool little squash. Like they put the belts on the jobbers at the end. They kind of even attack them after the match. Like they just get their shit in, like they keep doing their, their double team moves. So. Um, pretty cool stuff from them. Quickly rise and is one of the, if not the best tag team right now in the company. So, um, after that, we get update with a recap of, uh, Bobby getting bounced out of the arena, which is always good to see. Um, they announced Taker versus Joko for the Rumble, as we, as we know. Um, and then this is like, they, they announced that it's well, a I think it's, ch- I, mm-hmm. I think it's the first announcement of it, if I'm not mistaken, too. I think this is the, the big announcement for the first time. I don't think they've announced it yet. Okay. So this is, which again is kind of like they make it nonchalantly. Uh, right. Th- that was my first note. Is like, why didn't why didn't show this like contract signing or something like that? Like, yeah, it just kind of comes what, out of that's nowhere. That's why I wasn't sure. Right. And and they also announced that it's a, a one time chance for Taker, which is weird that they've been doing this, um, the, like with the one time chance things. Um, but then it's also it's like Paul Bear got to, to sneak in his part of the negotiation and that's a casket match. So they're kind of, you know, playing it up that Yoko's going to be afraid of the caskets, but Cornette's not really buying into that. So we are going to get a casket match at the rumble. So it's pretty cool stuff to um, build up with, you know, with Brett and Owen stuff. We don't know yet, but they're kind of building up and then a casket match already. So as we know, the rumble's good on its, on its own. So we, this is just a little dressing to it, you know, Yep, and I, and I think the one thing that does look, and I think I kind of like what the, the one time only was kind of saying, well, Cornette slipped that in, and then Paul Bear, you know, tricked him as well with the casket match. 
Um, right. It just kind of makes Cornette look really stupid. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I, they should have just blamed it on Fuji. <laughs> like, if, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, like, like, you just got played. Then, you know, yeah, like, real bad. Like, how do you not right. catch that? But, um, uh, it, it is, it is, but it makes it kind of exciting. Like, one-time match, and you got this casket match, so, uh, I just thought there should have been, like, a contract signing or something more to it. It's kind of, like you said, kind of, you, you kind of missed it. Hey, this is it. And maybe there was something on Challenge or something, or Mania, but, uh, you know, Superstar is supposed to be their, Superstar and Raw is supposed to be their main show, and they really didn't make it seem like this was a big deal, so. And aren't they making this a one-time match because Taker's going to take some time off soon? Like, I don't know if yeah, it's a kid or if it's what, because he's not, he's not at Mania, so. Yeah, I know he's, taking he's definitely off. taking time off. I, I, I was reading the Observers, uh, like, kind of through this, this sex, like, through Christmas, and he mm-hmm. doesn't even mention that Taker's going to take time off, so it must have been a pretty well-kept secret. Um, right. But it obviously yeah. was. I, me- I remember. Yeah. I remember hearing, like, Pritchard's podcast or something yeah. say it. It was obviously known because they wouldn't have done the one time only and, you know, what we're going to see <laughs> at the Rumble. Right, set, right, right. But it set that all up. So it obviously was known, but they did a good job yeah. of not not, uh, not announcing that to the world or not showing it to the world. Exactly. And then uh, after that, we get Bastion Booger versus the Jobber. Um, thrilling stuff here. Well, um, it's weird. Like the, the Jobber came out with a candy bar and offered it to him. So it's like. <laughs> Like, they, I don't know, I, I know jobbers are, like, holding on to candy bars in their tights and stuff. It was kind of weird. Um, this is a pretty quick squash from Booger here, and then he ends up getting the candy bar. Uh, I can't believe Bastion Booger's still around. Like, like I always knew, like, you know, Fire Ferguson's a couple months. I thought Bastion Booger was, like, only a couple months, too. So um, maybe he'll finish up soon, but I'm not sure. It's just weird to see him kind of still having, you know, squash matches on one of your main shows. Um, yeah, his theme song is ridiculous. That's yes. what I know here. But, yeah. Yeah. Gross, gross stuff. He's, yeah. I, yeah, I can't believe he's still around. I, I wonder when he's gone, but hopefully soon. And then, uh, just quickly, you get some, a couple more words from Double J. Talk about using the WWF as a stepping stone. Kind of the same promo he's been cutting. And uh, he actually calls out Brett at the end of this one. So, you know, Brett's already in this, like, big, you know, possible feud with his brother. And then you got... Jared, who hasn't debuted yet, calling him out as well. So, oh, I missed that. Yeah, at the end, at the end, he's like, full name. He says Bret Hart. Like, come back to you, Bret Hart. That's the Jeff Jarrett staple to say the guy's first name and last name. So, um, I guess we'll see what comes out of that, if anything. Uh, you want me to go next? Yeah. Um, Okay. My favorite, my guy. Uh, so we got, we get the, we get these, you know, these guest interviews and we get a girl coming out. And this is a perfect timing that I, as she's just announcing it, IRS cuts her off. Um, and of course does it, you know, whatever city they're in, tax sheets. Um, the crowd was kind of into this one. Like he just gets so much heat from this stupid, you don't pay your taxes. The crowd hates it. And then the Irwin chance, like between those two things, he does get a, a ton of heat and, Again, this is interesting that we'll see him right now on this episode. We'll see the same kind of squash match on the Raw episode. It's kind of weird. They kind of got like these two guys, but wins on the the right off and, uh, um, you know, standard Mike, uh, you know, Mike Pretenda IRS match. Um, Brett Brett Hart's uh, quick interview from him talks about, you know, um, the holiday season and, you know, family time. So kind of nothing there. They kind of, on this episode, they kind of hold off to, to talk to Owen Hart 
until the end. So kind of like intermixing, like here's Bret Hart just wishing everyone a good holiday season. Completely different mm-hmm. than we'll see from Owen Hart a little bit later. Um, and then we get to Tonka's return. So, uh, you know, he, he, he's kind of been out of action for Borga. They mentioned it. Still over here, man. Massive. When his chant hits, uh, or, you know, war chant hits, the crowd goes crazy. Going to put him with Brooklyn Brawler. I don't know if he's actually – we've seen him in some house shows, I think, but I, he's probably been taking some time off. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Brawler's a good guy to start off with, and he looks strong coming back as a thing. And like I said, the crowd was definitely into it. Um, and then they had a Royal Rumble uh, preview just announced that every two minutes. I, I love the comments that, you know, the, the uh, you know, the, everyone's coming every two minutes. You'll never know who's coming in. And in this kind of interesting that rather than showing the 93 uh, Rumble highlights, they kind of use the Battle Royal from October, which is a better visual because they have so many, um, you know, guys in it at the time that kind of looks cooler. But uh, kind of interesting. Right. Versus the 93, probably just because so many guys were out, you know, Flair and Coco and all these guys, Repo Man, like all these guys that are no longer with the company, they probably just thought, let's just throw the highlight from October to make it look like it's fresher. So, um, yeah, and I am excited to see Tatanka back too. Like he's kind of like reset now, so um, he is an over face that they need right now. So good to see him back. Yep. Um, and then we get a sit down with Vince and Owen. Um, so a couple a couple words here from Owen. He says that he was a, a better athlete and a better scholar than Brett growing up, which is funny. Like uh, saying he's a scholar is is something funny that Owen would say. Yeah. Um. He mentions that it's time to make a name for himself. So he's kind of like he's kind of pushing it a little bit more to the heelish side, where Brett's kind of like the the sleeping dog right now. Like he's not really like you know edging it on or anything like that. He's just kind of. You know, chilling. Brett's kind of just, you know, they're, they're, they're setting him up to be the more sympathetic figure down the road, which is good. Um, and they're kind of just letting it be known that this is stuck in, like, Owen's crawl that maybe for a long time now people have always said, Brett's better than you. So um, you can just tell it's getting a little bit to Owen, but he kind of has a gripe still. Um, and I just think Owen's killing it in this role. Like, he's just yep. such a natural, like, um, like his stock has risen so much so far, like just in these couple months, like, you know, we think about it, like three months ago, you would see him with, you know, the suspenders on doing a quick drop kick off the top rope. And that's all you really get out of him. Now you're seeing this like excellent character work. So, um, good stuff from him. Just really, yeah. really see where this goes. I like too. You you mentioned earlier about how like he he's kind of right. He did a great job on there talking about how he eliminated. I, I had to look it up because I didn't realize this even when we watched the Survivor Series. He's like, I was on a roll. I eliminated two guys. I was about to get my third guy, which is right. Like he got two of the three guys compared yeah. to Brett only got one. So like I thought that was so good about like, hey, I, I was take I was taking on everyone. I was being the the leader of the team, not Brett. And then you took me out. So, like I thought that was. Another good thing that Owen does, like you can't choose whose side it is. Yeah, like they're playing it off very, you know. Owen's got got some good points. Right, exactly, and he's just he's just killing it. Like he's ready to be a heel, like a top heel, right. already. Yep. Like he's, he's he's there. So, um, from there we get uh, two guys who aren't ready really for anything. Uh, smoking guns versus the jobbers. Um, I just really need to see something out of the guns. Like I need to see them in a feud or something. Like they're yep. really starting to become like the atom bomb of the tag division. Like they're yeah. just not doing anything. They're kind of green still. They're kind of sloppy a little bit still. So 
Um, I really want to see like some kind of feud or something happen with them. They they do some cool moves every now and then. Like they they win this with this like power bomb reverse DDT from the from the top rope thing. So that was kind of cool. Um, so that you know they have like the spots there, I guess, but they just don't have the stuff around it, and they don't have you know any character work or anything like that yet. So um, still yeah, gonna it, hold out hope, but not anything yet from them. Yeah, so it's interesting on like them compared to like Anabama. It's good. Good, you know, kind of uh, uh, comparison is like I thought Adam Bomb had tons of stuff. Like I always thought, like the Smoking Guns were exactly like this, like kind of bland. Like they weren't mm. terrible, but they had a gimmick at least. But like I never right. like got behind them. So like they're they don't. This isn't shocking me. They're like they're they're not getting up for me. I was never a big fan of them. Like Adam Bomb is shocking to me. Like I thought the guy was awesome. I thought he was in all these feuds and a big time player and has done nothing. Um, so that's where I feel like I'm a little different on the smoking guns is like, I kind of expect this out of them. Like I was never really a fan of them and that's just more fandom than actual yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. ring, but, um, it's not kind of surprising here, but they're, they're kind of nothing to, to me. And, and as we watch this, they're definitely nothing. Yeah. So like, that's probably where like, our fandom separates by a few years and it's like, you know, 95, late 94, 95 is like my where I'm like hardcore every week. Okay. And they're more of like the athletic team kind of doing things at that time. Like, you know, like early 96, the raw bowl, they're in that. Like, yeah, there's just something, you know, they're more memorable in that era to me, but like, yeah, I, I was expecting a little bit more, but they really just suck so far. Like, and like you said, you haven't expected that. So it hasn't been probably as big a letdown for you. No, I was not. And then do you want to get the last match real quick? Yeah. Yep. So we got, uh, Rick Martell versus Jobber. So cool to see Martell still. Like, he's someone that um, I never envisioned being in the company this long. Like, I, just, I never thought, like, you know, in the 94, he's going to be there. I think he's even there into 95. So um, it's cool to see him. He does, like, a, a, a sick choke slam, kind of like how Razor Ramon does his. Um, then he gets the Boston Crab in for the win. This is a really fun squash. Um, I hope they don't just set him to the side, like, because the Battle Royal and that feud's done. I hope he's kind of, at least on TV every now and then, doing at least yep. this. Um, I don't I don't know. Like, to be honest, I don't know how much he's involved. But I just hope we see him a little bit more because this is a cool little squash. Um, then, like, lastly, to, to wrap up the show, JR talks to Cornette about the casket match. And Cornette kind of just, you know, reiterates there's no concerns about it like he's kind of speaking for yoko but i think we're gonna you know find out maybe yoko doesn't really know about the casket match as much as they're leading on um but yeah he's Cornette's pretty good here kind of just ensuring that it's no big deal for yoko that a casket match isn't going to scare him or anything yep agreed uh, let's, so we got the superstars. So, uh, we got two, I think from that superstars, nothing big came out of it as far as like in ring, but right. we got the big Owen Hart, Brett really dragging that along. I remember that Owen Hart promo forever. Like that's something I have ingrained in my head. And then obviously the, like you mentioned the, the really build up of Yoko taker. Um, again, I think thought they could have done a better in ring segment or something like that, but they've definitely built it up. Uh, using Cornette as a, a great sound piece is at the end. Uh, so mm -hmm. let's move on to uh, – let's do some plugs, and then we'll move on to the last Raw. Yeah, so um, with with the new year here, we are going to have some new things coming out. Um, I noticed today, like, Cornoso is back with a, a monthly um, version instead of a daily with, you know, people, different voices taking on 
Um, different matches left off where they're going from like Saturday night's main event in 85. Let's do 87. It looks like. Um, so that's yes. going to be back. Um, you know, we're also going to have some. Yeah, I, I heard there were some great. I heard there's some great people on that show. Uh, oh yeah. Some some insider tip, but yeah. So Ryan Grave, thanks for <laughs> putting that together. So I, I got the privilege of doing a Macho Man George the Animal Steel match, which uh, is amazing. But yeah, so very fun. Plan I think is going to be monthly and kind of uh, getting different voices the same way, but just kind of accumulating all in, into one program versus individual daily ones. So uh, I'm going to move back along. So it's pretty fun and again, awesome job by Ryan uh, putting that all together. Now, when you say that match is amazing, do you mean like eh. totally not amazing or like minus seven stars? Okay, yeah, yeah. That's but I, I give it, I give it its props for what right. what it is, what it is, right? But the end yeah, ring is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's George Animal Steel. And I watched with right. my son. He's like, why is he eating the turnbuckle? I'm like, there's too many questions. Too many, you're a three-year-old. Right, right. You have the most logical questions. Right. You, you, know. you weren't there. You weren't there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so we're also going to have some new things coming out. So just keep a lookout for that. Um, we got the usual, you know, ECW, uh, Monday Night Wars, um, ourselves, um, pro, um, the, our, what's the, what's the, uh, Pro Western War? With uh, Marcus and JT, um, uh, God. now you're gonna confuse me. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not doing. It's a very that good war job zone. Plug. I was gonna say war zone, but it's not. That. I'm not doing yeah. a very good job war. plugging yeah. that right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's using it's, baseball. It's using the baseball yeah. system. <laughs> <laughs> we're live, pal. So yeah, uh, yeah. this it's um it's WWE war. So I'll just look in my in my in my feed. So yeah, right now they're in 2015. So um, sorry about that, JT. Like this is a shit job plugging the show there, but um, yeah, final wrestling place as well with Tim and Marcus. Um, you know, they give a shout out to us as well. So go return the favor on that. So like I said, yep. um, just keep your eyes, you know, locked in. There's going to be new stuff coming still. Um, Jenny killing it as always with everything she does for us as well as her pods. So. Um, yep. anything you need, just check it out. Give a, you know, rate us, give us a review, um, whatever you can to help us out. Just let us know. Yep. Yep. Great. And the, yeah, uh, you know, Ruth, this is Gresham. They just did, or he's just dropping WrestleMania 19, the opposite of us on Tuesday. So, right. um, you know, uh, Jacob's moving along really well on that as well. So, uh, fun stuff, every, you know, stuff every day. And, they, uh, they also have a YouTube channel, uh, now launched, um, as well, so we'll get that on the. You'll probably hear about that at the beginning of the pod. So, great stuff every day on the North South Connection. So appreciate all the support and feedback. And we're going to move on to Raw. So we're uh, live from Poughkeepsie, New York, uh, December thirteenth. So what's interesting about this one is the last Raw that we were at, uh, taped back in November. They actually skipped this Raw. So, uh, so like they taped three Raws that week. The first two, the one that we just watched. They skipped it this week, and then the next Raw, which is 12-20, is from that November taping. So I don't know why they decided to do that. Like, maybe they thought they needed some fresher stuff, but it's so weird uh, that they kind of yeah, skipped. I, I've never seen that before or heard of that before because uh, I was just trying to, like, confirm where these locations were. Uh, and I was like, I'm missing a Raw. Like, I just couldn't find this one. And so um, it's kind of interesting. So there must have been some reason to do it. Um you know, maybe they wanted this, you know, there's nothing that jumps out to me, but definitely very weird they did this. Uh, so we got uh, Jim Cornette here on commentary. 
they show that the highlight of Bobby the Brain Heenan Zags and kind of saying, Hey, um, you know, this is going to be, this is going to be, um, uh, uh, you know, Jim Cornette might be here for this week, but they're kind of going to have a rotating door of, of commentators, um, coming up. So Cornette thought was pretty good on this commentary. You know, he's probably, I think he's around for the most part for this thing, but pretty interesting. Um, so we start with Macho Man right away. I mean, just again, great idea with, if you've got a live crowd, go with Macho Man. Like, he just gets huge responses. I just don't understand why they didn't do more with him throughout this time frame. Like, it's probably one of the biggest lessons we're going to learn about this. Like, 93 is like more Macho Man. Every time it comes out, the Survivor Series pop that he got compared to what Mr. Perfect would have got was, was amazing. Here he looks good. Uh, I just wish they would have went with him more. You can see when he gets into Wrestling War Zone that he's still got a lot in his tank. Uh, just a missed opportunity by Vince or Macho. Whoever decided not to wrestle, uh, just a big mistake. Um, and throughout the show, they also have this hotline about whether Macho should come back as, as a commentator. And again, I just don't know why anyone would want to see that versus watching him in this match. Uh, but again, good match by Macho. Kind of a random setup, but he wins uh, over Fatu. Why, why he's fighting a random head shrinker doesn't really make sense. And they didn't really bring up Crush much that, other than the fact that like, I thought they could have, again, built that feud a little bit more, have Crush come out or something. Uh, I just thought kind of disappointing that, but Macho was just so over and it was, it was a fun little match. Anything kind of you have? Yeah. Well, so it sucks that, like you said, it sucks that Savage is like the break glass in case of emergency kind of guy yep. instead of a, you know, he doesn't even have to be a weekly competitor. He can be a monthly guy, you know, like, it, but he is, every time he's out there, he's over as hell. He brings excitement. Um, his, you know, his outfits are cool. Like he's got this like trapper keeper gear looking going on right now. He puts so much detail in everything he does, like all right. his outfits, his hats, everything. Like it's, it's, I don't know. He's just, he's still into it. And Vince just doesn't like see it. Like that's always been the, the word is like, he just didn't see much in Savage still, which is crazy. That the crowd, he saw just, it. The crowd well, reaction. Well, it's like, how, how tone deaf can you be to the audience when he still saw something in Hogan and, yeah. gave, and gave him when the, the crowd definitely was not as into Hogan as they are Savage, like not even close. Um, and he works so great still, like in the ring, like he, he can keep up with these younger guys. Like, you know, the, the match that everybody, um, wanted for like WrestleMania nine was Savage versus Brett. Like they're hoping he won. Like that's a yep. rebooking one. Um, you know, there's just so many things he could have done. So yeah, it just sucks that he's not used anywhere near as much as um, he could have been, and we're probably gonna see him wrap up soon, like in a few months, which sucks, you know. But um, there we are with him. And it was a cool spot in this match too. That's one to mention where he like slams Fatu's head into the steps, and like he like no sells it, and then uh, Savage just eats a super kick afterwards. So. Yeah, um, I thought both these guys that, really brought it in this match. That's a really common uh, shrinkers or Fatu shrinker move, right? Right. They'll slap right. on the mat and then immediately get up. Like he's got the agility, which we don't see as Rikishi, right? right. <laughs> I love that quick super kick. So I really like that um, that move. They, yeah, I maybe didn't catch it this match, but he's definitely done that before. And it's a he mm-hmm. just the quickness he has at this time is 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 awesome. Yeah, it, and for it being a random match, it was a. It wasn't too long, but it was a good length match and very competitive between both. So um, definitely one of the best ones we've seen out of these couple um, episodes so far. 
Then um, from there, we get Todd Pettengill kind of urging the fans on to vote. Um, Savage back as a co-host of Mania, like you said. So there's that aspect as well. Like, I don't know why they're like, like you said, pushing him to be a co-host instead of a wrestler, but um, there we are with that. Yeah. Um, then we get the smoking guns again. So it kind of plays into what you said about um, seeing guys being on the, on the episodes. And I even have in my notes seeing a lot of them lately, which I don't know if that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, Captain Lou no Albano feud. Is, with no feud. He's right. And, and Albano's at ringside scouting uh. them like out of nowhere. Um, and he just does not look fit for this, uh, era at all. Like, it's just like, it's like they're really grasping at straws at certain things. Like, they're just throwing, hey, who's sitting in the back? Like, who's, you know, playing cards right now? Get them out there and kind of let them be on camera and not do anything. But, um, really kind of weird. Billy Gunn hits like a top rope bulldog for the win, which is weird knowing that the Steiners are still there. But, um, yeah, this whole Alabama thing, I don't, I don't know what they're going to end up doing with that. I, I know where he goes, but, like, how to get there, I don't know. But, yeah. Um, smoking guns really weren't. And who wanted anything. this? Exactly. Who wanted Alabama? Like, exactly. that's going to drive ratings? <laughs> well, not only that. Like, if he's out there scouting the smoking guns, okay, let's say he gets with them, then what? You know, like, well, like, like, is he really going to be their mouthpiece? You know, like, I don't know. Um, then we get IRS versus the jobber. Um, this is kind of like both appearances from IRS that we've seen have been kind of cool as far as like the character work goes. Um, like he's, you know, holding his briefcase, he's got it open for some reason and the shows like Rage's gold in there. So like yep. showing that he stole the gold, um, which is kind of cool. And then commentary even plays up into it. Um, just a quick squash by him, but some nice character work and develop, like adding a little bit to their match. So, um, a cool little touch there. I, I like stuff like that. Yeah, it's weird too. Uh, he did a like side suplex as his ending maneuver instead of the write off. So I don't know if right. he was like trying to do something different because the write off is, as we've talked about, one of the worst finishing maneuvers of all time. Uh, yeah. but I thought, uh, you know, IRS did great character work. Like kind of like he saw the camera guy looking at him and he like closed the briefcase. And then after the match, he like dropped the briefcase and opened it opened up so he could see it again. Like I thought that was really good character work and like the, his mannerisms as he was like, Oh, nothing to see here. Like I thought right. he played it off really well. Uh, like over the top, but you kind of need that right in TV. Like you got to make sure it's clear that everyone knows, like y- you stole something. You don't want people to know about it. Right. So you, you got to kind of be a little bit over the top. So I thought that was good by him. Um, then uh, we, we had a random, random, random Yoko clause. Uh, and my just first note is he's supposed to be a heel, but he has kids sitting on his lap and he's right. saying like he's Santa Claus and then he wakes up that it's just a, just a dream. Uh, again, I kind of didn't get this. It, it's a, a good character for, you know, again, Yoko does kind of look like a Santa Claus as far as like the weight and like, his gut. Uh, mm-hmm. but it's really weird that this is like your top heel and you're kind of using him in, in that kind of manner, uh, even if it's a dream or not. And we get a uh, guy we haven't seen, man. When's the last time we saw this guy in, in, uh, squash match, but Undertaker, uh, Bobby's, uh, oh, sorry, the, the, the lights go out for Taker. Uh, really, 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 uh, quick squash match from him, but then he does the body bag, uh, afterwards, which he hasn't done in forever, but I, you know, I think that's really setting up like the casket match. Like, right. This is his, you know, uh, thing. So I'm guessing we're going to see him a couple more times doing this. Um, and then he also gives him like the jobber, like a kick in yeah. the body bag afterwards. Like, I mean, that's dangerous. Like you have no idea what you kicked. You, 
you don't know. So I thought that was pretty kind of a dick move. So maybe the guy, the jobber did something, but I thought it was a pretty big dick move by uh, Taker. So uh, <laughs> pretty big dick move, huh? Pretty big. Yeah, dick pretty. Dick. Yeah, definitely big dick move. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you showed off. Big dick. Yeah, big dick energy yeah. by Taker. I mean. He's going for the title. He's got it. So, <laughs> for it. Yeah. Uh, I thought the same thing. It's like he, he just puts him in the bag. The guy's just laying there and he just stomps the shit out of him. Like, I don't, I don't understand that part of it. Like, are you, are you telling me like if you get Yoko in the casket, you just kind of yeah. like then brutalize the shit out of him when he's already dead? Yeah. So, yeah. It's dangerous. That. I mean, I just right, like a right. flip. You have no idea. Like, what if he kicks him in the throat? Like, very right. dangerous. So. Uh, and then I kind of mentioned this earlier, but this is where we get the best of Double J clips. Um, I, the, I this was really well put together as well. Like I thought the the editing of it was very smooth uh, to kind of make it seem like a lot of different things. Uh, and it was funny. I just in my notes, he mentioned that Willie Nelson is ninety five years old. So this is ninety four. Last year, I saw Willie Nelson live, and he was like ninety five then. So like, and he was so old. So I can't even remember how old he was. Like looking and acting in ninety four. Right. Uh, but it's kind of funny that he mentions like, oh, Willie Nelson, he's already old. I'm like, he's still had 20 more years left in him. So, uh, but I thought this was like A plus editing and everything like that. Like, I, I really thought this was well done from Double J. Like, I, we both kind of liked, uh, in these vignettes. Um, but I thought that like the presentation of it was very smooth. Yeah. Hey, I, he's someone I'm really looking forward to, um, as he debuts. Like, I, 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 I was a pretty, not big Double J fan, but like I love the character in that ninety four, ninety five, ninety six run. So um just you know, being able to see him kinda in the early stages is gonna be fun. Yeah. yeah. Me too. I was definitely like a guy that thought okay, he's a big shot, like I liked him. Uh um, right. you wanna get the All next right. match? Yep, yep. So then after that we get uh Martel again with a uh quick work squash here with the Boston Crab, like I said. Um, good to kind of see him in the mix still. Hopefully we we get this to continue with him. So, um, per, but pretty much nothing match here. Um, then in our main event we get Bret Hart versus the Brooklyn Brawler. So another appearance by Bret and the Brooklyn Brawler. Just kind of um, still goes into what you said. Um, this wasn't really a great match here. Like Bret kind of controlled yeah. most of it, and it was kind of a slog a little bit. Um, I know you know Brawler is not the the best person to work with here, but I feel like Brett didn't really put as much into this either. Um, it was, you know, just a for it for it to be like, you know, I know it's it's raw, but it's like the, at the end of the year, but it's for it to still be the main event. Um, I don't know. I would have liked to see a little bit more action, I guess. Um, and from the pairing, you probably can't get that, but uh, he he wins with the sharpshooter. Nothing crazy out of this one, but I just felt like I felt like we we're gonna get like a little bit of a gem or something, but we didn't get anything here. No, this this was garbage, and I've actually put yeah. the, the the crowd was dead for this one as well. Like it was terrible, and this is where I started looking at. Well, maybe this is the end of the taping, and I'm like, wait, this is the live one. So, right. Like I can't even imagine what the next. There's two more tapings after this. Like oh. if the crowd isn't getting up for Bret Hart. You know, um, I know it's I know it's a Brooklyn Brawl, but if they're not going for Bret Hart, like what's the rest of this taping going to be like? Uh, it, but it was like, why? Why do we need a long match out of Bret Hart? Like, I just unnecessary here. Um, I wish they would have done something stronger. Just like have him win quickly. I, I get Bret is like a very technical. He doesn't really. I wonder how many squash matches he really has because he probably doesn't work that well as a squash guy. Like you know, certain guys. Taker's a great squash guy. 
Brett, I just probably feel isn't one. We just I don't think we get a lot of them. Like I, this might be the first one we've seen, right? Like right, right. I mean, yeah. he's probably the first time we've seen him beat. Like you know, he's always being like a guy like Skinner or Berserker or someone like those are the guys we see him beating where he could take some you know take some punishment and then slowly methodically work him over. But like just this straight up like I'm gonna you know do my five moves of doom. The crowd just was not into it, and you know, like you, you kind of said it perfectly, it was a slog. Yeah. Uh, and then we, the last thing I heard them mention was that Shawn Michaels is going to be in the broadcast booth next week. So they're doing kind of rotating, um, commentators. And we also get Ludwig Borga versus Tatanka, uh, next week. Mm. So building up to, uh, the promo package on that was well done pretty well as well. So, uh, I thought that, I think that's a pretty good fun match we could have next week. Uh, even though we've kind of, early in my notes, I kind of said Borga's dead. Maybe this, this will give him some life. So we'll see. Right. Anything else you caught? Oh, I, think we're, I think we're good on that. All right, let's go to our awards. Uh, most new gen outfits. I'm going to go with Savage, that, that Trapper Keeper looking outfit he had. I'm going to go with that one. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Double J, just in uh, the the montage, just of, like all the country outfits. Like he, he was The fun part about him was his different outfit every time. Like He was never yes. in the same... So even if they cut him all the same promo, like he was clearly changing each one. So I thought that was really well done. Uh, most new, most new gem performer. Um, so there wasn't really too much to choose from as far as like I'm gonna go with Owen just with his like character work, um, kind of building yep. up towards what we're gonna see. So I'm gonna go with Owen. I'm going to go Quebecers. I thought they were kind of fun in that tag match where, you know, the jobbers stole their titles and just beat the crap out of them afterwards. So I thought, I thought that was a fun, fun one. Uh, worst match or segments? Uh, probably going to go with that Bastion Booger match. <laughs> yeah, that, that was just terrible. Uh, well, no, I don't know. What was the longer match that sucked? Um, what, now um, I forget. Doink. Oh yes, doink. the doink match. I'm, I'm gonna go with that one because that was longer. So it was so yeah, long. I, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with that. I like went to get get a coffee and came back and it was still on. I was like, I can't believe this is <laughs> happening. Like, I have to. I thought it'd be over. And I'm like, I missed nothing. But nope. I was right. like, I have to rewind five minutes. Uh, I'm gonna go actually the Bret Hart Brooklyn Brawler uh, again. I had to literally look to see like, oh, this is the end of the taping, and this was still the live portion. Very disappointing. Uh, best match. We didn't have a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, there's probably an easy pick for me is Savage versus Fatu. Yeah, same. Yeah, there was there was not uh, a lot there. No. There was some good segment. I guess I, I'm going to go Owen Hart interview then just to switch it up. Okay. It was, um, I thought that was pretty well, really well done from him. Uh, stock up. So, it's Owen, definitely. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, Owen is definitely uh, – Anyone stock down? I'm going to go with the smoking guns. They just kind of are in that atom bomb funk right now. So I'm going to yeah, go with them. I, yeah, I would go. You know, let's stack up. Uh, I, I went. I, I got to go Owen, but I thought Model did a pretty good job here. Yeah, he did. Both of them. Uh, let's just go Doink just because yes. uh, that match was terrible. Um, so we got a couple more Raws and Superstars uh, left in December. So the back half of December next time uh, we'll move along. And, you know, I, I, I kind of watched one of them already. We get a couple more matches announced for Survivor Series. So, or sorry, Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble. Yeah. Rumble, yeah. So yeah, I think we're going to have a really good build up. I'm really pumped for that pay-per-view. The next two pay-per-views are some of my favorite pay-per-views of all time. So yep. I know these weren't maybe the best Raw Superstars, but definitely... 
built uh, some good segments. Uh, you know, with the Yoko Casca match, the Crush Savage, and the Owen Brett, uh, three really strong you know feuds going on right now that are taking a lot of time up that are really well done. So yeah, and I can't I can't wait till we get to like the episodes where they're just like announcing guys for the Rumble. Like that's all. Oh yeah, a fun part to watch. So um, that's gonna be some good stuff upcoming. All right, thanks everyone, and cheers, and we'll talk soon. All right.